Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a Slab Stocks podcast. I am Nate. I am here with Jimbo, and we are ready to talk baseball today, aren't we, Jimbo? Dude, I mean, the last 45 minutes, we so Nate and I, we always set a time, and then Nate and I always end up talking for like 45 minutes to three hours, you know, anywhere in between that on just baseball, 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 and then we're like, we should probably record, or we, we should probably be recording what we're talking about. So that's why we officially clicked the record button, and we are pumped for this week, dude. And it's the second one, which makes it even better. Let's go. Yeah, two. Two in a week. No big deal. Um, who's keeping track, though? Who's counting? Not me. Uh, so what we have on the agenda today is I've got one thing specifically for Jimbo. I, I took a picture of a tweet, or not, Instagram post. I took a picture so I can read it off to him and then really throw his feet into the fire or drag his feet over the coals, whatever you want to say. Uh-oh. Uh, and and then Jimbo has got this worried look on his face right now, which he should, which oh, he no. should. Uh, and then we will be talking, um, Jimbo will bring up the second section that we will be talking about today. And then lastly, we'll be rehashing some rookie or some um, 19-year-old A-ball shortstops, the ones we brought up couple weeks ago maybe a month and a half ago well we're gonna bring them back up and just do a little bit of a check-in on how they're doing so let's start out with the the harassment of jim oh no see at least i tell you what i what i think i'm gonna say in this segment this is this is gonna be good yes this is jimbo has no idea what's about to come up among 156 qualified hitters in 2022 Uh this man ranks dead last in ops and has the third worst batting average. He's currently hitting 188 with a 232 on base and a 288 slugging and has been good for negative 0.2 wins above replacement this year. Oh no, dude. This player, you don't even have to look it up. I'll tell you. I'll spare you the misery of having to look this up. I'm already looking it up. I'm like, who is this? This player is Javier Baez. Oh, dude. What a whole dude. See, this is what's great. And it's so funny because my, my wife watches baseball with me every night. We watch the Tigers. And she's been really, really pumped about watching the Tigers because Riley Green obviously is, is called up. Yep. And yes, he has been horrible for us all season. But check his stats the last five games, Nate. Five games. Hey, it's the Riley Green effect. I'm just messing with you because we had that entire conversation last week where it was or on Monday where it was like, hey, Riley Green is is up. That should really spark other guys. And you know what else is sparking? The warm weather, which I am the biggest factor on. He hit a ball in Fenway, uh, I think two nights ago. This ball. Would have been an easy fly out in center field in May or, you know, like in May, in May for sure in May or early May. But this ball kept flying, flying, flying where it, it became a double, a ground rule, ground rule double. But there's so many balls now that are just flying where I'm like, dude, in May, this would have been an out. I'm telling you, the weather is such a big factor. But it's so funny bringing Baez up because, yes, and he is a very streaky hitter in his career. But the last couple games, holy smokes. He is and it should be pointed out that this tweet, I, I do not know when this Instagram post was made. It was just something funny I wanted to bring up. I didn't actually look up his other stats. His other, He is doing better. 216 average as opposed to 188. 259 on base as opposed to 232. And a... 367 slugging as opposed to 288. Wait, did I say that right? 216, 259, 367 as opposed to 188, 232, 288. So that is that is significantly better. And if we go to his splits for 2022, it is in fact he is doing a lot better. He's hit in the last seven days, he's hitting 407 with a 448 on base and a 926 slugging. He has been good. I just wanted to bring it up because I remember when I don't know if it was our first episode or our second episode together or our third. It was somewhere close to the beginning. I brought up the Javi Baez signing and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because for me, it was like, look, 
Avi Baez hasn't been very good the last couple of years. Uh, I don't love this contract. I get like signing him because he wanted a shortstop and it's been hard to cover shortstop for the Tigers for years. Oh, Nate, this is hurting more and more. But but like I don't love it because of the strikeout problems and the boomer boomer bust mentality of Javi Baez. And like he will have these weeks where he goes boom and then you'll have like a month where he goes bust. And so I'm not trying to rag on you, but you were like, as a Tiger fan should, you were like, well, here's this silver lining defense, blah, blah, blah. You were giving me all the silver linings a Tiger fan should give me um, for hobby, for the hobby bias signing of six years and $140 million. What I will say is this. He's currently at 0.7 wins above replacement now after the last year um, in... trying to find trying to find in 56 games 56 games which is a third of the season so you know you're a 2.1 win above replacement guy unfortunately that is not worth the money being spent and i and and my the biggest thing for me is like the tigers needed they needed a lot of really good years at the start to make up for the end of the contract not potentially okay years and then terrible years. It's just tough because they're just getting out of the Miguel Cabrera contract by next year. But and now you've replaced it. Mickey, Mickey's been phenomenal for us this year. All right. There's a couple things I would like to state. If Javi Baez had that same contract with any other team, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad the Tigers didn't do that signing. But Correct. here's the thing. I am such an avid Tigers fan that I am blinded by the light, just like that song, that 80s song, whatever. Mm -hmm. I am blinded by the light because I am such a big Tigers fan. I will literally, like, I, I try and be as optimistic as as possible. Well, well that, that's what I that's what I was getting at. I was saying you are a Tigers fan, so you had to give me all of the silver linings possible for a Javi Baez signing. He's everything that I don't like. He a lot of his attributes are not what I find valuable at all. Personally, I would rather have someone that grinds at bats than just strikes out and just, you know, ghetto hacks. Like he, like he's a swing or miss kind of guy. Like, Oh, oh my gosh. Like, and that is not what I like at all. Uh, I think there's other value plays. If you're going to get a guy like that, you might as well put someone at first base that does that or a right field, you know, get a, a cheap option, like a, uh, like, like what the brewers are good at. Like an Eric, Ty like an Eric, time, Eric Thames, Thames, Eric Thames. I always, I always misspell or missay his work or his name. So, so Thames is the river. Thames is Eric. Okay, I was thinking of Marcus Thames because we had a on the Tigers. Oh, years. I forgot about him. So I always mix mix it up. But anyways, so if he was on any other, same with Tucker Barnhart, honestly. Um, it's funny because yesterday he was up to bat, and my and my wife was like. Why does he look so stressed? Like he looks like he's about to like pee his pants up there. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he stood up there and, and she was it was hilarious listening to her because someone that she she likes baseball, but someone from the outside, she's like, This guy doesn't know what he's doing up there. And I'm like, don't remind me. Uh, but dude, that's the loyalty and that's the loyalty of sports, man. Like it is what it is. Um, but honestly, dude, if you're signing anyone at those numbers you're usually not going to get the value of what you're paying, to be honest with you. Unless no, you very hard. Unless it's Max Scherzer. Exactly, that dude. Yeah, which haunts us every day. And Verlander, honestly. Uh, we thought he was done back in, like, 2016, but he proved us wrong. Hey, speaking of Verlander, um, around here somewhere, bear with me, opened a – ah, there it is. Open a box of 2005 Bowman draft picks. No, dude, that is that card is iconic to me because that. So Verlander was the first Tigers prospect that I truly invested in as a fan, but then also as an investment. And I haven't done that for a Tigers player since Riley Green. Like Riley Green and Verlander, Verlander are the only two. I will be optimistic about our other prospects and stuff, but there is only two. Verlander. And uh, and Riley Green, so brings back good times. And 
that that he's in the futures game in that picture, and it was at Comerica Park, which makes it even cooler. Yeah, I also hit Francisco Liriano X Factor, kind of fun. Nelson Cruz, Ryan. Andrew, Mc, Andrew McCutcheon, Ryan Braun, Cliff Pennington Auto. So oh. that's kind of funny, actually hitting an auto of a guy that had an MLB career. Uh, Jed Lowry, Brett Gardner, Willie Tavares, Blue, Troy Tulowitzki, and then Nelson Cruz. But but no Ryan Braun. Uh, dude, I just sold a, uh, a, I think it was a Barry Bonds True Blue out of that that set, graded PSA 9 or something. I sold it this week. And I was like, man, this is a cool card. I probably shouldn't have sold that, but. Oh, well. Just a very, very, very fun, very cool uh, experience getting to open it. So I was, I was pretty pumped. So, well, that was fun, Nate. Thanks for uh, giving me a heads up on that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> just, just wanted to start the day off right. Really wanted to just grind your gears a little bit on the Javi Baez thing. So, yeah. hey, if it helps, if it helps, the Brewers signed Christian Yelich to a massive contract, and currently he's chilling with a 96. OPS plus and a 695 OPS. So, but he also won an MVP, so he gets a pass. Two MVP. Oh yeah, one MVP. should have won a second. Javi should have won a second. Anything. What? Javi hasn't done anything for us yet. That's true. How how is it that you have a thousand OPS the one year you win an MVP, the next year you have a thousand one hundred OPS, you don't win an MVP. He led the league in batting average. And on base percentage, and slugging, and OPS, and OPS plus, and yet somehow they gave it to Cody Bellinger because he got injured. Yeah, what's well, not reminisce on the pass? And he would have a- hit fifty home runs in a season if he hadn't got injured. <sighs> All right, here I am. All right, so we move on from Miguel Cabrera. Jimbo, you want to introduce our next section? I sure do, because. Even the, which is kind of odd because you brought up something I said in the past, so it might contradict what I'm saying here. But at least we have the facts within our videos. Um, but I wanted to say, like, a lot of the videos, even though I can see you, it's still technically a podcast because nobody else can see us. Oh, because I only really, I, I, I only really, I only release them as podcasts. Oh, uh, what did I say? Videos. Oh my bad. Just, just, just not wanting to not wanting to confuse anybody at home thinking, hey, I can actually watch this. Nope, nope, not yet. Eventually down the line, yes. As of today, if, no. If enough people spam the the Slapstocks Instagram account in their DM saying, We want to see Jimbo and Nate's face and see how many times Nate touches a beard during Dean and Corners, maybe <laughs> that might maybe that might uh might change some things, right? Potentially. Maybe I should maybe I should shave my beard off right after this. Oh, that would be epic. Could you yeah. imagine if I just showed up with like a mustache? I think it would be cool. You ever seen you ever seen the you ever seen the the old Robin Hood? Cartoon Robin Hood from the sixties? Literally nothing but baseball, Nate. And you I know like we've known each other for a while, but after about 10, 15 years, you'll realize all I watch is baseball. Minor league baseball, which is by by the way, they started putting minor league baseball on MLB TV. And I actually wanted to bring that up to you because that oh. could change a lot of things for the market. But we are, I think we're digressing. Is that the word you said? We are digressing, but but do yourself a real quick favor. Look up the Robin Hood cartoon. It's okay. No, no, do it real quick. Just real quick. You, you have a computer right in front of you. Robin Hood cartoon and look up the turtle. Robin Hood turtle. <laughs> If I didn't have a beard, that's what I'd look like. All right. Now you got to do it. I used so, to have a turtle. You used to have a turtle? Yeah, dude. Big animal Big guy. Turtle here. guy. Big awesome. turtle guy. But anyways, we digress. Because I'm really excited to talk about this. So in the past, our you know, if you go back to our podcast in the beginning, we talk about different different prospects different players you know what we're seeing stat wise what we're you know maybe what our gut feeling what we're we think someone might be doing well this year or might be might do well here in the future and not to pat ourselves on the back but we've actually hit on a lot like most of the players that we've talked about 
And I think it's because we've been doing this for, for a while and it's not to pat ourselves on the back, but it's more of, I want to, I want to try and relay that process that we, that we do on our own to find these players. Like what websites, what are we looking at? What sources, you know, besides listening to Dean corners, where can I go find some of this where I can find sleepers before they even get talked about? Because honestly, that is, that is so, it's honestly so much fun to do, but it's also very rewarding. Um, because I mean, I was I, like, I'm going to listen, I'm, I'm traveling today back to Ohio. So I'm going to be, I'm going to li- listen to all the Dean corners and like, I want to create a list of some of the players and do, and maybe clip some of them. Um, and, uh, but I want it to be like, okay, this is, this is what I was seeing in this player. So people can do that in the future. So, uh, what, what are some ways that you find some of these prospects, Nate? I guess, what is your process? <clears throat> well, the biggest one, the most useful one for me in my, let's see, Aaron and I probably started investing in prospects in 2016, 2017, let's say five years, let's say five years. Um, the biggest six years, let's say six years. Uh, the biggest thing I've learned is that Twitter is your biggest ally. See, I didn't know that. I don't use Twitter for that at all. Um, that is, that is what I do. Jackson Churio. I would not have known a thing about Jackson Churio or wanted to invest in him if it wasn't for Twitter and not just any Twitter Brewers player development. One single tweet from one single day where it talked about exit velocities off his bat of home runs in uh in instructs in, in, in spring training or whatever. Like that is the type of stats you can't find unless it's from a from a team that gives you the information and you won't you know you wouldn't you would never I would never have seen that otherwise because it wouldn't have been out anywhere. And you yeah. can't find stats from those games either. And so then it's like, all right, Jackson Churio. Oh, he just turned 18. Oh, he can hit the ball this hard. He's hitting bombs as an 18-year-old in-game action. That's enough for me to want to take a flyer on him for when he gets called up to A-ball. I am like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But without Twitter, without Twitter, you can't do that. Uh, I would never have invested in Everson Pereira last year if it wasn't for Twitter. Like, it's those random tweets you see that are snuck in there um, that you're like, wait a second. That's interesting. And and it's always these little like flag moments, just seeing a tweet about a guy that's hitting 360 with a 420 on base and a 580 slugging over the last six games with four home runs. That doesn't really do it for me. What does it for me is seeing if they, if they add little things in exit velocities, sprint speeds, um, you know, stuff like that, that age compared to, age compared to competition, all that stuff. Same, because I think that, you know, we talk about, we talked about this and I think one of our best episodes is when we had a debate about batting averages and then other, other categories. And Mm -hmm. I believe more like what you say about like the other categories can tell more of the story, but the market reflects batting averages and in home runs and, you know, the stuff that's very like singular, like, you know, not necessarily tells the whole story, but you can find, you know, sometimes they're inflated or deflated, but you can find the, the true answer to the test, um, you know, in the other stats. So I agree with you there. And especially with like a young guy, let's say a Jackson Cheerio, where he is at the level where, you know, no, there, there's not a lot of stuff about him. So like the exit velocity stuff where that is very intriguing. And then one thing that I love to do is like, I don't necessarily buy, off of just one thing I see, I use the different resources of, of social media to be like, Oh, someone that's a very interesting tweet or Instagram post. I'm going to go Google this person, see if I can find any film, won't be able to find any film if he's in instruct. So that's super early, which is awesome, which is like, I get giddy about when I hear, when I find stuff like that. But then if let's say they are in single a go out and try and find some video, do that. eye test, find more stats, see if there's any trends or if maybe it was just a hot week. Um, and I agree. So I love that. So I don't use Twitter like that. So I'm going to start using Twitter like that because more sources, the better. You you should. Honestly, I've used a lot of sources for a lot of things. Mostly I use Twitter to find 
and then other sources to confirm. Yes, um, I like you're right. So so because because Twitter is so reactionary and Twitter is so up to the up to the second, you know, somebody sees something they tweet it out, you see it instantaneously if you follow them or if you do a search on Twitter. Yeah. So like you can get your news instantaneously and especially in baseball and especially in card investing when you want to have a leg up on somebody else um you don't want to be you don't want to be 10th to the party on jackson sure you want to be first you know yeah. and um it's it's one of those things where you get that information that you could want or need really quickly as long as somebody's putting it out there whereas if they're waiting to put an article up on fangraphs or anything like that you know by the time they have something written up on jackson churio on fangraphs the data they're using might be three days old well you could have found out about that data three days ago and then been buying for three days before and got a leg up on everyone else i love that and i love how you brought up fangraphs because one thing that i do i i i have a routine where i look at fangraphs every day during the season Mm -hmm. where I have a folder on this laptop that's saved at the top left. It's actually my first folder and it says prospects. And I have different links of fan graphs that is like the overall leagues. Like I have it broken down by leagues where I just click it. So I don't have to go into fan graphs and then click, click, click and find the stats that I like. I, I have them all saved. But then also what I do is I have all of the prospects that I like already that I want to keep following and see how they are doing day after day after day. And that helps me a ton. And you also might find someone else that might be a hidden gem. Um, so that's one thing I do. But you like you have – and it's – and I always tell people, baseball cards, I absolutely love it because I love baseball. But baseball and like buying baseball cards is actually – I always tell people the – is what I make the most money on investing wise, but it's also to me, it's the easiest because it's a very simple prospect or uh, process. If you think about it, it just takes longer and it's not at the higher dollar amounts, but at percentage wise, it is like my returns are, are always best for baseball, but it is, it's not a flip for, you, you know, I buy a car and you flip it in a week. That's not usually the case for baseball. It's usually if you're doing it right, you're holding for a year and a half. And it's tough when you first start uh, prospecting in baseball because you do have to wait super long. Um, but here's the thing, though. If you do it and just start small, you can start, I call, recycling the recycling the money. So once that person gets called up, you sell it and you use that money to recycle into the next young prospects. And then it's it's literally like, a, like, a, like an ecosystem where it just keeps growing and growing. And it's fun. There is what you're saying is there's always another guy. Always. That's why I never hesitate to sell something because it's, there's there's baseball. There's so much value, at least right now in the market. You know, a couple a couple years ago, um, you know, I bought Juan Soto, right? Mm -hmm. Sold Juan Soto. I'm like, I'll never find another Juan Soto. Right. That was like my once in a lifetime buy there. But then, you know, there's like Wander Franco. There's Julio Rodriguez. There's Marco Luciano. And then after that, you're like, well, I'll never find another Julio Rodriguez. And then last year for me, it was Everson Pereira, which obviously is not a Julio Rodriguez player, but you make money on him. And then this year it's, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to find another Everson Pereira. Oh, wait, no, there's Jackson Furio. There's Edwin yeah. Arroyo. There's guys like that. And then next year it's going to be, I don't know if I can find another Jackson Furio. And then some name is just going to leap into my lap, you know, and it's going to be like, oh, wait. Here's the next name I'm interested in. And so, and this happens to me all the time where it's like, even though I know better, even though I know better, it's always like, oh, there's not going to be that next guy. This was, this was, you know, and then there is, and then there's another one and another one, because that's how it works. And, and honestly, and you'll, you'll get better at it. The, the, the more and more you do it, like the, the longer you do it, you start to find little, like, like a couple when I was with the Diamondbacks, I was in, you know, with the, in the Midwest league. Then I realized how hard it was like, cause I was going to game to game after game and like seeing the batting averages there and then talking to the players, they're like, Oh, I can't wait to get up to, to single a because it's, a, you know, the, the Diamondbacks had Vesalia as their high a team and the ball flew in the Cali league. They're like, I can't wait to get to the Cali league. Cause you know, the ball flies there. And I was like, 
I started piecing it all together and using that for cards. But like you start to find little intricates of that of way to find data and stats. Like Alejandro uh, Kirk, been a huge fan of that guy strictly because that dude dominated the Midwest League. And I'm like, dude, this guy dominated the Midwest League. This dude must obviously be, you know, he must be able to hit. Got called up like when he was 19. And now he's 20, I think he's 21 or 22, dominating for the, the Blue Jays. He's like their best hitter. Who would have, like, who would have thought? You could have bought his stuff for like like 50 cents. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. always have to be the Juan Soto where you, you know, where it's that huge name. You can make easy money if you get in early and sell even, you know, like uh, Gerard, Gerard Encarcion that we talked about with the Marlins. Like his cards aren't crazy right now, but if you bought them two months ago, they were crazy low. You could still double your double your money and put that money in the next player. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm I agree. Pumped, dude. I, this is what and, I love. And I want to bring up one other thing that you said because I like it because this is something I don't do. And the reason I don't do it is probably because I'm lazy. But you said you have a folder full of guys that you track. And the one that you really said that stuck out with me was you have a list of guys that you really like that you want to keep track of. Like maybe not guys that just came out, maybe a guy from 2019 Bowman Chrome, right? But you still want to keep track of him. So you've got him on the list and you can look up his stats. And that hit home for me because every single year I'm like, during the offseason, I'm like, oh, I would buy this guy, 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 buy this guy. By the end of the offseason, I bought like one of them and I've forgotten three of them exist. Yeah, it's this is an easy way for me to to remind myself, oh, I like this player. I should still like this player. And I shouldn't be reminded of this player if I see something in the news or something because it might be too late. So it's a way to keep myself reminded. Um, like, like I have some some random ones on here, like a like a Jeremy De La Rosa, a Jonathan Ornelas, like Gabriel Martinez, Jose Ramos, Grant wait, wait, McCray, uh, Jeremy De La Rosa Nationals, Jonathan Ornelas Padres, Jonathan Ornelas. Uh, oh, no, is that Tierso Ornelas? <gasps> oh no, guys, Jimbo has disappeared from the podcast we shall see when he gets back in here oh there he is look at this guy he is I back. the link i clicked the link in this so then it uh so it popped up here oh that's funny classic but yeah dude it's it's an easy way uh he's actually with the rangers oh so but there but you know i'm not buying cards of every single player on my list but it's like yeah. That'd be insane. Way also, to, way to, yeah. good way to keep track. And also, you're not buying cards of every player on your list. And it's okay. You know, it's okay if you didn't buy uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, you know, and other people made money on him and they made 100% profit or 200% profit and you didn't. That's okay. It's okay if the guy you bought only made you 25% profit or 15% profit. If you're if you're making profit, if you're investing in cards for profit, it's okay to take fifteen percent or twenty percent, even if there was somebody else out there that did made more money. As long as you believe in the guy you want to buy in, and and also it's okay to buy cards, not for investment purposes, and then sell. Uh, my brother bought some Star Wars cards, three Star Wars cards, in fact, a Jedi Alakarasawa card uh number to 99 and then two boba fett cards number to 75 um 40 for the jedi one and 16 for the uh boba fett's he bought those because he liked them they are now all graded and he could probably sell them for like 1600 bucks when he spent a combined 72 dollars on them and he just bought them because he liked them i bought my aaron ashby super Fractor, not because i was planning on selling it but because i liked it and I had ex excess cash because of dollar bin fines that I then sold. Um, I did end up selling it because somebody offered me way more money than I'd ever pay for it. But it's like, it's one of those things. I've got my eyes on a super fractor right now. Not a ton of money. Card I do want to buy, though, um, just because it has a personal connection to me because I played against the kid in high school. 
And so like, I want to buy the card. I saw it pop up. I know it's not worth what it's listed at. Um, but like, it's not an investment piece for me. I would never be buying it because I'm going to say to myself, yeah, I think this kid's going to become a stud. He is injured right now. I don't want to give up the name because I don't want anybody to find the card and buy it before me. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's one of those things where it's okay to like look at cards and be like, I just want this card. I just want this card. Doesn't have to be an investment. You don't have to have twenty five percent or one hundred percent. And Jimbo is holding something up, but Jimbo, your screen is a little bit fuzzy, so I can't really tell what it is. It's an optic card of some sort. So, yeah. So this is a great example of that. I like quirky cards that you don't see very often. That's like they're like just odd cards. So I so I have a uh, well, I had the famous San Diego Chicken out of optic in two thousand sixteen. Just randomly had it, and I used to grade stuff, just like personal collection stuff, because it was so cheap back then. And I had it listed at for fifty bucks. It's PSA nine. I had it listed at fifty bucks. I'm like, no one's gonna buy this, but I wanted it to clear my my queue of all the cards I have. Um, and that's the way how I organize my stuff is if if I have it listed, then it clears my queue. But anyways, so I had this fifty bucks, it's PSA nine, whatever. It sold, and I'm like, what? You know, there's only been two graded. Because, like, who grades a famous chicken card? I don't know. Jimbo does because he likes it. But I guess you never know. Someone else might be a collector of that. And here's the thing, though. It sold, and I was, like, kind of sad about it. But what, what did I do? I went on ComC and bought 10 more for my PC. And there I'm you like, go. you know what? I'm cool with that. I don't need it to be graded. And now I got 10 of them plus extra cash because I bought them for, like, 50 cents. Got Love that. So that's, like, ways to – to still, everyone says, I feel like it's such a cliche now. It says, like, collect what you like. But if, like, no, like, actually collect what you like. And if, you know, it might be, you might be able to sell in the future. And it only ask for what you feel comfortable with to get rid of it. You don't have to sell it. But you never know. What you like might be something someone else likes. But it's not what the, the norm that people like. But that, then you're creating your own niche of stuff. Yeah. You'll be the only one. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? I was just going to say, this is a long-winded way of us saying it's okay to buy for investments. It's okay to buy for collections. I've just, in my experience, um, it's a little bit easier if you're buying stuff you enjoy. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And if it does work out, you're thrilled with the money because you enjoyed the card. And if you're going to make money off of it, cool. But if I've bought cards solely on investment, like if that investment doesn't work out, it's brutal. It's not fun at all because you have no emotional connection to the card. And then also you're not making money on it. Whereas I've bought cards, Hedbert Perez, I bought a base auto for $120. I talked about them last year. I was like, look, I'm going to buy one or two. It's Brewer's card. If it doesn't work out, I still have a Brewer's prospect type of thing. It's still fun and cool and a cool experience. It really hasn't worked out. He hasn't been that good. I think he's been. He, I saw him have a two home run game. Yeah, he's been he's been better as of late. But to start the year, he hasn't been good. And and we're you know we're talking about we're talking about. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Though. My bad. A ball, a ball type stuff here. Uh, Six eighty two OPS this year, which I it is a little bit better than what it was. Um, it's still not great. And it's still like I don't. I just don't care. Because it's Brewers. And if I had Jackson Churio, I bought him and it worked out and I sold him, I'd be I'd have been thrilled. And if it didn't work out, I still wouldn't have cared, you know, because it's Brewers prospect. And same with Aaron Ashby. Number of Aaron Ashby cards, if it doesn't work out, or Corbin Burns, whatever. I mean, let's be honest. A Brewers pitching prospect, probably gonna do well. Same with the Indians. Likely gonna work out, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. No, most I, I of the you. time. Or not even a. Oh, sorry. What were we saying? No, you're good. This is fun. I I was going to say that uh, not even it doesn't even have to be a pitching prospect. The Brewers picked up Chi Chi Gonzalez, and I expect Chi Chi Gonzalez to uh, do the best he's ever done. (laughs) Now that he's a Brewer, old Texas Ranger. Yep. So, well. Um, I think what you can take away from that, if you forget to the start of the conversation, number one, keep a list of names. Um, 
because it's hard to it's sometimes it's hard to remember names, especially if this isn't your full time job and you're trying to remember names while also trying to figure out your regular job or your kids schedules or your golf schedule with your buddies or, you know, going to the dentist, going to the doctor, whatever it might be. You have a lot of other things going on in life. And so then also trying to remember who you wanted to invest in. Uh, you might remember a name or two at a time, but then you forget another two names. Happens to me all the time. So keep a list. Number two, Twitter is your friend. You can find out information instantaneously, but don't just use a tweet because people tweet for various reasons. Sometimes it's fantasy purposes, dynasty fantasy purposes. Sometimes it's like people that are trying to get in the good graces of an organization or whatever, or push an organization's prospects. So like, make sure you do secondary research. If it's a guy like Jackson Churio, you literally can't do any secondary research. There's almost nothing out there for you outside of maybe a fan graphs write up, you know, and um, whatever they say might not be the same as what you're seeing now because they might not have seen that before. And now you see it now. And it's like, oh, wait, this is a different dude than when they wrote it up. Dude with 100, 506 exit mile velocity isn't like a 40 future power type guy, right? And so there can be different the different things there. But as long as you use Twitter and then double check things and then use your gut, you should be fine because there will be times where there where there will be a fan graphs or an MLB pipeline or something like that. That doesn't really match up with what you're seeing, and you can either a trust yourself or b trust the people that do it for a living. Either is fine, um, but you can't get there unless you use Twitter. So. So use Twitter, keep lists, and uh, you do those two things, and I think you will be as successful as Jimbo and I have been. And not that's hopefully doesn't come off as braggy. It's just we've been pretty successful in the baseball card market. Yeah, and it's it's because uh, we have a process in place, and that's that's the biggest reason. What what I wanted to kind of relay on was because we have a process in place, we we learn from the past and what to, to buy in the future. And um, because baseball, dude, baseball prospecting is such a regular schedule, how things buy and sell. It's, it's, it's unlike any, it's kind of like soccer. And that's why I've kind of gotten into soccer because it's very similar, but it's so different than football and basketball, honestly, because you're investing in them when they're, whenever, like when the spotlight's already on them and everyone's talking about them. Correct. And then you need them to, in soccer, you don't need that 18-year-old kid to become the star of his Bundesliga team instantaneously. You just need him to do decently. You make money. In baseball, you don't need that 18-year-old to be called to the majors as a 19-year-old. You just need him to do well in A ball and double A. In basketball, LaMelo Ball, number four pick, if he's not good instantaneously, people are losing money. Killian Hayes is an example. Yeah. So Killian Hayes, I did, I did really like him. Uh, RIP. All right. Not RIP. Actually, just RIP to my my liking him. That could get confusing, and I don't want anybody taking that the wrong way. Uh, let's move on to one last thing here before we close out for the day. And I just want to rehash a couple of guys. I'm not going to be talking about any prices here. So if you're looking for card prices, uh, you can, you know, if you want, look them up later. But I want to talk about some guys because we started the year and we talked about five 19-year-old shortstops by the name of Marcel Meyer, Max Muncy, Khalil Watson, Brady House, and Jordan Lawler. And at the time, it was like, hey, all these guys have 900-plus OPSs except for Marcel Meyer. All of these guys are doing really well. I've never seen anything like it. And I think I even said, and this isn't an exact, an exact quote, but something along the lines of, you know, I don't anywhere these guys got drafted, I don't think anybody would have been upset with how they're playing. Like if the Max Muncy was drafted at four instead of Marcel Meyer, Marcel Meyer drafted at 26 instead of Max Muncy, nobody would have been upset. Well, let's fast forward and see how flaming hot that take was because surely it was very hot. I was getting caught up, caught up in the uh, 900 plus OPSs. Whereas of course, baseball is a long season and guys cool down. <coughs> So let's look at their stats here. A little update on Marcel Meyer. He is now hitting 281 with 367 on base and a 849 OPS. 
He has only played 34 games, though. Um, not a ton of games. He's been injured also. And so he, he must have been injured anyways because that, that's not enough games. Because Jordan Lawler's injured, and he's played more games than him this year. Um, but 849 OPS out of a dude that's guaranteed sticking at shortstop. 19-year-old A-ball, we'll take that. Max Muncy, 840 OPS, 19-year-old A-ball. He also has 12 home runs, 13 doubles. So he's got some pop, but he's he's hitting 243, 371, 469. Type of thing where uh, you definitely want to see that batting average a little bit higher. Jimbo, I think you'd agree. I don't take a ton of stock in batting average, but a low batting average in the low minors is always worrisome to me. Moving on to the most, actually, we'll save him to for last. Let's talk about Jordan Lawler. He's probably been the best hitter when healthy in 33 games in A-ball this year, hitting 352 with a 461 on base and a 600 slugging, 1,061 OPS, four doubles, three triples, seven home runs. He, of course, hasn't played for a while. They are hoping he comes back this year. We shall see. But Jordan Lawler has definitely been the best of them, and I do believe in my heart of hearts he will be a top 10 prospect entering next season. Yeah. I I think all these guys could have a case with how many people graduating off the list. It's true. It's true. That That is a big factor. Every year that's a big factor in how far guys move is that there's just going to be a ton of guys, 20, 25 guys, that completely graduate off the list ahead of them. And as long as they play well, they're moving up 25 spots at the very least. Uh, and if you are, you know, the 30th ranked prospect, you know, not necessarily moving up 25 spots if you're that high, but say you're 75th ranked prospect and there's 25 guys ahead of you, all of a sudden you're a top 50 prospect. Yeah. That's really good. That's easy. <laughs> um, easy. So Jordan Lawler has been an absolute stud and definitely a top 10 prospect in my mind. Brady House, 19-year-old shortstop for the Nationals, has played 45 games this year. And is hitting 278, 356, 375 with 731 OPS. Um, both the batting average and on base percentages are nice. Uh, would want to see more power from him, but you got to remember he's a 19 year old shortstop. Yeah. Like that power will probably come, especially because he's 6'4. He will get to that power and uh, he'll make an interesting player in the future. I just don't know, you know, what it will be. Uh, anytime soon per se. And then lastly is Khalil Watson, who is hitting a meager 52 games in a ball. Obviously remember he was the type of guy that could have been like the number one overall pick. Um, and then he dropped a 15th signability concerns, whatnot. He is hitting a meager 234 with a 282 on base and a 388 slugging a 670 OPS 52 games. Um, pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad, to say the least. Disappointing. Striking out a ton. 44 strikeouts in 34 games. 44 strikeouts in 161 plate appearances. Yeah. I would love to watch a few at-bats of his and see what his approach is. He also, I heard, I mean, he has 13 walks in the year. I heard, oh, I was looking at the wrong thing. 91 strikeouts. Sorry, I think I might have been on Max. Was I on Marcelo Meyer? I was on Marcelo Meyer. That's on me. Uh, Khalil Watson actually has 91 strikeouts in 227 plate appearances. Wow. That's not quite 50%, but that's above 40%. Yeah. I think he's swinging with his eyes closed. Yeah. He also only has 13 walks, and I saw something the other day that he took his first walk since, like, the middle of May. He's pressing. Yeah. So what's weird to me is, like, you look at the Khalil Watson prices – and they're pretty crazy. And he's by far the worst performing 19-year-old shortstop in this draft class of yeah. guys that have cards. And uh, I think that, you know, I, I still, the ceiling's very high on him. And maybe people are are investing in, in that. But this is a good example of like, okay, yeah, you like the name. Go look at the stats. See if it backs it up. And if the stats aren't, you know, pretty, maybe there's other value, like other things that other cards, other players that are a lot better value 
to work yeah, and that's that. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Is like, yeah, there's huge potential for Khalil Watson. Of course there is. You don't become the 15th overall pick in baseball unless you have massive, massive potential. But do I want to spend more on him than, say, being able to get two Brady houses for the price of one? There's massive potential in Brady House. He's a 6'4", 215-pound shortstop. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's all about, and for you, it's all about the value. Like, yes, yeah. I like Khalil Watson. Yes, he has huge upside. No, I don't want to spend. And, and let me pull up an actual price here um, so that we can give you something to uh, to go home with. But no, I don't want to spend oodles and oodles and oodles of money on a Khalil Watson auto if there's other guys to be had. If there's not other guys to be had, then yeah, I buy in. I buy in on the upside. $167 for a Bowman Chrome base auto June 22nd of Khalil Watson. Brady House doesn't have any autos, but you can buy. Let's find. Let's find a a comp for a sixty one hundred sixty seven dollars. Um, him not having so autos is huge. For not too. for not having autos, uh, a Sapphire PSA ten sold for one hundred twenty one bucks. You know. Um. Sky blue, blue foil, PSA 10, 128. So, like, obviously, it's not necessarily the same caliber of card because he doesn't have autos, but it's still, it's yeah, still, yeah. Uh, let me grab Jordan Lawler. Yeah, that's, that's. Jordan Lawler, Bowman Chrome, auto. So, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Those are more expensive than I was expecting. Dude, I'm telling you. 315 bucks. How much? 315. Yeah. So, so so let's put it this way. Would you rather buy two Khalil Watsons or one Jordan Lawler? Raw? Is that one raw? This is raw. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Because then, then it becomes the value play in the opposite direction where it's like maybe Khalil is a little bit low right now. <clears throat> but for me, it's it's I can't I can't justify spending that 170. I'd rather spend the 315 on the guy. I definitely think it's gonna be a top ten prospect. Yeah. Not not to throw you off of uh to what what you're trying to you know get at, but I there I think there's even better value plays than those two. That's what makes it fun. There's so many layers. Yeah, and this is just talking about, we're just yeah. talking about, okay, let's look up Max Muncy. We're just talking about these young shortstops here. Obviously, there's a bunch of guys in the minor league. There's one that we missed. Look up Carson Williams. Carson Williams. Oh, yeah, the the thank you, the Rays, Rays shortstop. Yeah. He's another young. Uh, Max was- Muncy's $65. Would you rather have... Like three Max Muncy's or one Khalil Watson? Probably Max Muncy at that. You no? Know? I mean, at 60, what you said, 65. I'm sure it would get to 90. Yeah. At least 90. I mean, I know time. it's the A's, but Khalil Watson's playing on the Marlins. Yeah, you're right. And Carson Williams is still hitting 285 with 380 on base, 539 slugging, 918 OPS. Carson has been incredible, and I am sorry again to race fans. I just keep forgetting about yeah. this. Is why you have to keep notes because Carson Williams. It's like, hey, what about Carson Williams? Oh yeah, Ray shortstop, but I forget to look him up. BGS nine five base auto of Carson Williams sixty two dollars. Would you rather yeah. have BG, BGS nine five nine? Of course, so that's a little bit weirder. But would you rather have that or a purple? A purple auto PSA nine for two hundred, or a base auto Khalil for one seventy. Purple and thirty less dollars, or base and thirty more dollars. Wait, That's are we talking about choice. are we talking about Carson Williams or Carson uh, Williams purple PSA nine two hundred dollars, or the or even a, a refractor one twenty five, or the the you could buy. Well, okay, his, here we here we go here we base, go. What's his base auto? To keep it, to keep it a level. Base straight. auto non graded last sold fifty dollars. 
You could buy three of those and have money left over. I would take that all day, personally. Over the Cleo Watson. I like if I had a Cleo Watson, that's great. But if I was if I was at a card show, I would I would rather have the three because you know what I would do is I would sell two of those to pay for the one. Yep. And then just keep the one for as long as you want. See what he does. Yeah, because I I'm sure if if you can get it for fifty bucks, I'm sure that those will probably get to seventy five most likely. Sell the two, and then it pays for the one. Yep. I agree. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, that is probably all I have this week, Jimbo. You got anything else you want to talk about? There's only one last thing I do want want to bring up, and I was thinking about this earlier. So. When I was a kid, uh, my parents, when, when I was born, one of my, one of my parents' friends, they gave them a complete set of the year I was born. They did it for my brother and they did it for me. And, um, you know, the 1993 top set, whatever it was. And that was their, like their baby gift or their, I don't know, whatever shower gift, whatever the the gifts are that you give people when they have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, that's what really got me started in cards because I remember my parents pulling them out and they're like, when I was really young, they're like, look at this. So I pulled them out, you know, got to play with them. And I thought, I always thought that that was the coolest thing you could do as a gift. And now that I'm getting to the age where everyone's getting married or having babies, I want to do it for someone getting married. Cause that's kind of, doesn't make sense. It's weird. But someone, Hey, you got yeah. married in uh, 2021 here. Congratulations. Here's a tops uh, complete set from series one, series two of 2021. <laughs> exactly. But I think if you have like if, if you have a friend that, you know, you're like, I don't know what to get them. You know, all the you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of boring. And uh, if you can get them something, if you want to be unique, maybe you get them a complete set for the year that their kid was born in. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and it's a it's affordable. Usually they're usually around 50 bucks. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I like that idea. Plus, then you as a kid. It's kind of fun to be like you, you get to connect that. I, you like you like your birth year, right? You like probably sports at that point or baseball. And then it's like, ooh, baseball cards too. That's fun. Go from there. For sure. All right. Well, a good idea there at the end. And I think maybe I'll have to snake that. Can't do it for my nephews and nieces. All of them have already been born. And I don't think we're going to have any more. But maybe I'll do it for my own kids. That'd be kind of fun one day. Or for Jimbo's kids one day. Yeah. And I have like nine so I can have a baseball team. So I like it. Uh actually you need more than nine because you need the DH now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you need Blake's ten. So ten triplets or whatever they're called nowadays. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even know. I feel like that'd be impossible. That'd be cool though. Yeah. All right. Jimbo, thank you. Everyone yeah. listening to this podcast. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week and listening to us ramble on. Um, if you have any ideas, please DM us at SlabstocksNate or at Dinging Corners or at Jimbro Cards on Instagram. And uh, we would love to A, answer your questions or B, take any ideas you have and put them up on our podcasts. So with that, I want to wish you all a good rest of your Friday. Jimbo, a good rest of your Thursday. Have a safe trip to Ohio, and we will talk to you guys all next week, Friday. See you.